His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your love forever. Well, Ron and I have had um, experiences <laughs> that I didn't particularly want to have in the last couple of weeks. And um had a word years ago I didn't want to have. It was six or seven years ago, some lady called me on the phone from was uh, IHOP for whatever reason and gave me a word that and saw me as Nurse Betty. <laughs> well, I retired Nurse Betty when he had uh, prostate cancer the first time. I was like, I'm I'm retired. I did it. It was it was good, but nurse, nah. I want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a nurse. I want to want to direct things, you know. And uh, but I'm Nurse Betty again, and uh, you know. The, this Cancer Institute's amazing. It's full of Christians, and um, it just is. And the nurses and the doctors, they just care. They pray for you, they care. And it's just saturated. Um, they give their lives to do that. But I think the thing that um, I never understood, and I couldn't do it day, day in and day out and have patients that I knew were in such hard places, but I didn't know that being a caregiver costs so much, you know, um, because a caregiver cares. And try not to, you know, especially when it's your beloved. You just do. So God has been faithful with a new vocation for me, and he's helped me. And um, he's helped me thus far, and he's going to keep on helping me. So... Anyway, I had, I had an amazing devotional that I read. And have you ever read a devotional that um, it just made all things come together? It, just, it was like it made something come together that you've had over years and years. For one, I've always known that Jesus prayed we would all be one. Well, Jesus' prayer is answered because Jesus prayed. So it's, and yet you never see us all as one. And, and I, so I finally came to, we're all one. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we don't, don't like each other or we're in division. We're still all one. And I believe there is a truth to that. But at the same time, Jesus was praying for a greater oneness. And so I have all over the years said, Lord, I've got to understand well, first of all, as I've grown in the Lord over many, many years, and I've shared this before, you've heard it a lot, but the Bible is a many-faceted diamond. And so a diamond is something that has a truth that just before you, if it's focused this way, it stands out and shines right at you, and you go, I know that's true. For God so loved the world, and he gave his only son. I know it, I know it, I know it. But... There is on the other side of the diamond, and not that one. That one just stands probably as a peak, okay? But on the other side of the diamond, there's something that appears to be the opposite. And so Roland, who is a great theologian, was describing this. I didn't even know what the word meant. I had to look it up. And so I'm going to tell it to you, and I'm going to tell you the meaning. The word is dichotomy. And so, yeah, Teresa's getting deep now, okay. Okay, anyway, the word is dichotomy, and it just means this, a division of two sides that are represented as being opposed or completely opposite. 
It'd be the North and the South during the Civil War. That's a dichotomy. Total separation of the two with a contradictory side. And he said, if you're going to understand the Bible, we need to read and we need to understand God's perfections, his perfectness, his hugeness is often expressed in dichotomies. And yet, what if you're, you caught that side of the diamond and someone else caught that side of the diamond? You're going to have opposition going on. You know, we're the people that believe blah, 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 blah. And we're the people that believe this. And if it's not brought together in the whole diamond, which is Jesus, then you miss the gospel totally. You just got a little facet of it. If we're going to understand it, we need to understand God's perfections are often expressed in dichotomies. These multiple perspectives make sense in the kingdom. You're not going to be able to see this with human eyes. We're not going to be able to come into unity with human eyes. You're not going to be able to do that. It is only going to be by the Spirit of God. We were talking to a, a they, they counsel you up there and have a pastor that comes and talks to you. And he just started sharing on marriage. And he said, um, we said we just celebrated our 45th. And he said, the new 50 is 25. 25 years of people can make it to that. Because there's so much divorce. Well, we've always said that you become one by the Spirit of God. God breathed and made man and woman one by the Spirit. It's not by that you're like each other. Ron and I could be, couldn't be more opposite. He's slow and I'm fast. He's like, well, I'll get, my, I'll get my meal finished when I feel like it. And I'm like, honey, I'm getting ready to leave. You know, I mean, that is, that is two opposites. But the Spirit of God married us. And made us one. So how does it work? By love. How does it work that two opposites can flow together and bring something great? By love. How can the body of Christ with all these opposites come together and flow together? It's by the Spirit of God and it's by love. Love is our key. Love is the key to everything. If you've got some situations where, where there's a separation, and we do, where somebody's seeing it this way, and we're seeing it this way, how do you come together? You pray for love. You pray that God would bring love, that he would bring such love that it would not matter anymore. Love makes me not care that he's slow. Love makes him not care that I'm out of the car before he stopped it. You know, I couldn't stop being like that if I had to. I don't think about it. It's just how I'm wired. And he's wired on slow gear. But as I've gotten older, my gears are getting a little slower. And so we're kind of beginning to average out a little bit more, I think, don't you? Yeah, okay. Preaching that doesn't acknowledge dichotomies, the inherent dichotomies of the word, are not complete. Don't accept it. 
don't accept it. The body of Christ is all beloved. It's all perfect in his eyes. Yes, he's perfecting us. Work out your salvation, yes. But yes, we are already made perfect in Christ. Those are dichotomies. When you look at your brothers and sisters of a denomination, and this is why it says, I don't need you. You do this, and we don't need you. No, we need every church in this area, and we need more. We need every expression of the body of Christ, and we need more because we're many-faceted and we're beautiful, all of us. I'm going to tell you one of the most uh, deep problems I ever have when people come in to visit or we go, I don't want to hear about what was wrong with the church you left. I'm just telling you right now, you're human, I'm human, and there's always something wrong with all of us. Okay? That is a truth. Well, if you see that side of me, you might think, if that's all the side you ever saw, you might say that, that, that person is just something. She's so impatient. Until you see the other side. That sometimes I am patient. You know? The Lord is calling a unity. It is a new season. I'm telling you, he wants a love and a unity among us like we have never known. And that means, even though I, I strongly believe that we should not accept sin. Sin is not right. Sin is, and yet the, the scriptures also say to be gentle and be, to be kind and to put your arm around the erring one and bring him in. That's both sides of that diamond. And God is calling us to fill our hearts with love so we can see the word and we can see someone else's point of view. And we can say, wow, I, I didn't, I've never looked at it that way. Yeah, Holy Spirit, teach me how to look at it. I started trying to slow down because Ron said to me, you know, I don't like walking in the mall with you. You're about five steps ahead of me. And I thought, oh, I am with him. <laughs> I know, it's pathetic, isn't it? And so I had to, I had to slow down, and we held hands, and that helped me stay at a right pace. God is calling us to this. So I found a scripture that was amazing on dichotomies, I thought. It just, I don't know why I ended up, where's all my little markers? There they are. This is amazing. I got up, this, I, th some of this is my journal while we're at the hospital. And I got up, and, and one of the issues with being a caregiver is your mind, I got to fix it. I got to fix it. I can't fix it. Oh, my goodness. I can't fix it. I can't fix it. Oh, my goodness. And so you just go through that. And it's just, <laughs> you know. So I wake up, and the Lord just spoke to me, and he said, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to guard you. I woke up hearing that. And then I saw him, and he sits in the heavens, and he laughs because he sees the whole scope of eternity. He sees his son and the cross that made the difference. And he sees me kissing the son 
and it brought my deliverance. And so the peace of God starts coming. And so I thought, well, I'm going to look this scripture up. This is, this is crazy. It's Philippians 4, 2. And I've always not liked this because I don't know. Everybody has things that just they don't like. I want everyone to be my friend. I always have. I do not like division. I have tended to compromise when somebody didn't like me. I just have. Not with the Lord anymore, but I did. I used to care more about people sometimes than the Lord. But I have had an innate hatred of disunity and division. Always. Just have never. God made me that way. I don't know why, but I've always had that. So here's this scripture, and I never liked it. I didn't like the one where Paul and Barnabas separated. I didn't like that. That bothered me. Why? These two godly men, and they separated. Why? You know, anybody ever thought those thoughts? I have. And so anyway, this scripture, I looked it up in the Greek because I wanted to know what their names meant. And Paul was saying, I ask that those, I ask that Eudocia, And um, what's her name? Did I not even write her name down? It's something like Schenectady, but it's not. Uh, can I? Anybody got a Bible? Sorry. I got to tell you your name. Sentaichi. There you go. I didn't even write her name down. I asked that Eudocia and Sentaichi get along and come together as one. I'm like, oh, yeah. Why did they have problems? Why, you know, why, what was going on? Listen to this. Eudocia, her name means those who succeed in business affairs and prosperity. They have business minds and they want to get it done and they want to get it done right and they've got things to do and people to see and things need to be organized and put in place and this is the way it's got to be. Praise God for those people. Seriously. What will we do? I honestly think our president's probably one of those. Let's just get it done and get it done right, okay? So... Eudocia was one of those people, but he was asking that people like her, people who carry that gift, because it's a gift, get along and be one with those who want to just love and get in a circle and hold hands. And come on, let's let that spirit come and let's flow. And they weren't getting along too well. They were Mary and Martha. They really were. And most of us are crossed between the two anyway, but they were a Mary and a Martha. And Martha, did the meal need to get served? Yes. Come on. Thank God that Martha was a good cook. Thank God she got things done, right? Thank God. But Mary couldn't work because Jesus was in the room. Come on. Martha could work with Jesus in the room. She loved him just as much as Mary. But she could do it because her body was so geared to doing those things that she could do it. But Mary was overcome because Jesus was in the room. And Paul said about these two that they would come together in one. 
because they've helped me so greatly. I need both sides of the diamond. I need them. They've helped me so greatly in sharing the gospel. And then it says, along with Clement, and his name means grace. God pour out grace on our differences. Help us to embrace our differences. Help us to come into a place. Does that mean that you don't ever correct? No, that's one side of the diamond to have so much grace that there's no correction. Read the Bible. Come on. I, I, I pray that you won't, won't be put out of the race. I mean, honestly, I started reading Jesus. On one hand, he's telling them how much he loves them. On the other hand, he says, if you turn from me, you're going to be out here with uh, weeping and gnashing and teeth. They're dichotomies. Look at his word. They're all through him. Is God other utter grace and mercy? Yes. Does he want something done? Yes. That scripture that says don't, you know, we'll have comes in here. We've had ones come in here. You're not evangelistic enough. You're not organized enough. You're not a, we're not enough. I can just tell you that right now. We're not enough, okay? We sang it today. We sang the real truth. Jesus is enough. We don't have a nursery. I'd like to have one. We don't have, you know, maybe when we get so big, we could run things like that. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just too Mary-like. I don't know. But he's here. And he's changing us. But do we need all? Is only one gift needed in this place? Is only one gift needed out there? The dichotomy of God is that he takes the beauty of every single thing and uses it for his glory. All his word is yes and amen. All his glory. I wanted to read it. Well, I'm going to go on because this is I'm going down to a dichotomy. <sighs> so you know when you have life passing before your eyes, which is kind of what's been happening to me. Um. One morning, I was writing this. Years ago, Jesus, I sat on the shore of the Atlantic Ocean in Providence Town, Mass. It was back in the hippie days, and I actually hitchhiked there. <laughs> Crazy. I was talking to you and telling you how much I loved you, Jesus. I was 18 years old. I was sad, and I was disappointed. I was sad that I was lonely and disappointed I couldn't let Jesus be enough for me. I was 18 years old, and I wanted him to be enough. But he wasn't. I wanted somebody to be with me. So God gave me a miracle, crazy miracle. <laughs> Ron never traveled with him again, but here he comes. They have a, a, a Christian concerts, he told you. He, so they come down. We have this Christian concert, and we've got all these hitchhikers. We're ministering to all of them at this church, and, and we're going on the streets and stuff. And so here comes the, here comes the group, and here comes Ron. He's helping them. And the meeting was over, and he's sitting by me. And we were friends. 
you know, he thought we were really good friends. I don't know that I thought that at that time, and I did not know he liked me. So I didn't know he liked me when he met me. But anyway, and so we're sitting there, and, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm r- I've really been down lately. He goes, really? And I said, yeah. I said, I've just, just been so lonely. I said, I'm just lonely, and I hate it. And he said, I'm lonely, too. he put his arm around me. I'm lonely too. And I'll I'll never forget that. And it wasn't long and we were engaged and it was anointing. Ron said he was very anointed. (laughs) So he sent Ron down on the Cape and he began our relationship, our 47-year relationship. Over the years, I've come to that shore in my heart. I've been on that shore, and I was there again. Been on that shore again and again. It was dark. It was night. That's crazy that an 18-year-old teenager be standing down there in the dark, but it was. And uh, I came to that shore when we were told Jacob's heart ran backwards. It was 22. I held my precious little one in pain and before the surgery. Oh, God, if you just healed Jacob, then I would be happy and then the lord started revealing what it was really saying and then i would trust you completely over the years obviously i didn't get all that one that i wanted over the years i think it's always been about people i love relationships and healing so that i wouldn't lose them i just want us to be stuck come on everybody hold hands I, I did ask everybody to give brotherly kisses, but the guys said no to that one. <laughs> so after my brother Mark died, it was a crossroad in my heart, again, to choose goodness and believe. Believe for your life, and you gave me both. But I also came to, I trust you completely. This is the issue, guys. It's the issue over bitterness, unforgiveness, healing, every issue of your life. Do you trust him completely? So I'm standing at the trust you completely sure. That's what it was. Broken relationships have been just as hard for me. Lord, if you just heal this relationship, (gasps) then I would be happy. Rarely, sometimes it would happen, and I always had to let him go because our wholeness can never be from situations and things, not even people. It can't come from it. Then David died, and I didn't get to pray that prayer before him. David and I had prayed, Lord, your life is in his hand. We fasted and prayed. So I didn't get to pray that prayer with him. It happened before I knew it. And then I had to take a hold of your love and goodness again. And he sent me an angel. And he sends me angels often, but he sent me one. And I let go, and you healed me to live again. Trust you completely. Life is all about that. You all have your same journey. It may not be like mine, but it's a journey, and it's a journey of faith. I think life is full of these situations if you really love. But I also think true joy life comes fully from you. Jesus, I'm standing here on this shore with you again. Ron was asleep with some of my family. I've let go. You're enough. You're enough. 
but I need you to sustain me and give me, a, give me life above this life. Your life is enough. In this situation with my kids, I trust you completely. I also am standing here talking to you about Ron, my dear friend, my companion, my lover. You gave him to me and me to him. He needs healed, as about everything in our life does right now. I can say, Lord, you're enough. I can. I can say that. And you, I'm happy and joy-filled. I trust you completely. I believe that. I believe that he's enough in my life. Is that amazing? That's amazing to me. I mean, it's day by day, Jesus, I'm breathing you. Day by day, help me. But Paul said, you had mercy on us when he healed uh, one of the brothers that had come to help him, lest we have sorrow upon sorrow. And so I cried out, and I said, I'm there. I'm asking that you heal him, lest I have sorrow upon sorrow. I told Ron, we've been to Gethsemane, and that is a seed falling into the ground. God, I give it all to you. I give everything to you. But there also came a resurrection. And we've gone through Gethsemane and praised him. We've walked through it in our lives and given him glory. And I believe God gets as much glory when you go through pain and you praise him and sorrow and you praise him and you didn't get what you want as you do when you get a resurrection. But I'm praying and I thank God for all of you for a resurrection. I'm asking the Lord, Lord, I don't want a Gethsemane again. I want a resurrection. I'm in this hour. And it's where I'm at, and it's real. And I'm standing on the shore, and I'm saying, you are a lot enough. You are enough. Jesus, you have my hand. I receive your strength for today. That's all I get today. Psalm 119. Lord, never forget the promises you've made me, for they're my hope and confidence. In all my affliction, I find great comfort in your promises, for they've kept me alive. You're my satisfaction, Lord, and you're all I need. So I'm determined to do everything you say. With all my heart, I seek your favor. Pour out your grace on me as you promised. The Lord has honored me and given me strength. This is the dichotomy. I had the scripture given to me three years ago. We all claim it, but he gave it to me. And then I started walking through whatever. For I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans of good and not disaster to give you a hope and a future. When you pray, I listen to you. I have your whole heart and I am yours. You will find me in great understanding and revelation. I will end your captivity and restore your lives. I believe that. I believe that. I wrote this because this is the dichotomy of situations. That was a day of victory. Ron had pain all night. He has surgery today. I prayed for him off and on all night. I felt my troubles were far too big for me. My children, figuring out how to heal, knew I couldn't. And I heard the Lord say, as clear as a bell, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Oh, Teresa, how can you say the Lord doesn't see your troubles? Isaiah 40, 27. How can you feel God is going to ignore your troubles? Don't you know? Haven't you heard the Lord is the eternal God, the creator of the universe? He's never tired. He's never weary. His wisdom can't be measured. The Lord gives might and strength to the faint. 
He renews strength for the powerless. Those who trust in the Lord for help will find their strength renewed. The ones waiting upon God will pass to power. I love that. Will pass to power. Will change in strength. Father, I trust you. I wait for you. The enemy's not powerful enough to do any real damage against you when your heart trusts in him. No matter what's going on, he's not powerful enough. He can't. Do you understand the enemy isn't powerful enough to take you away from the Lord? He's not. His works are only dust beneath my feet. Teresa, do you trust me? So I was thinking about a dichotomy again and how the opposites. On one hand, you had some of them go off and, and, and do glorious works, and on other ones, they were martyred. And you had, but they all eventually were martyred. You know, life has situations of cost in the gospel. One of the dichotomies is suffering. Peter said, don't be surprised at the suffering. Rejoice in the suffering. I don't want to be a teacher that teaches only one side. Uh, Teresa Brunel was sharing about a man that came at, and Mike and Teresa, they were going through a hard time and started telling them that you have a poverty spirit and you need to be doing this and you're not seeing all this gospel and all that. And then her dad got cancer and her, her dad died and the man fell away from the Lord. Do you trust me? You guys, if you think I'm promising you, I'm promising you that Jesus will never forsake you and he has good for you. I believe that is absolutely true. He will be your strength. He will be your help. He is the healer, and I believe he wants to deposit signs and wonders in this church. I just do. But at the same time, to tell you that you won't go through things and things won't be hard and at times your heart would not suffer, I am not a, gospel, a preacher of the full gospel. If that's what you hear, I want you to be able to make it in disappointments. I want you to be able to forgive. I want you to be able to forgive. I want you to be able to forgive. Do you know what will help forgiveness? To get free of judging. We don't have to judge what other people are doing. What a freedom. What a freedom. The Lord is the judge, not us. Isn't that a wonderful place to be? If you walk in that freedom, then he can tell you what is important to him. And you'll forgive those that are walking in sin. You're not going to not see things. Come on. That's not judgment. We're on the earth. It's not judgment that I say, Ron's walking with some cancer right now. My, I'm not so head in the sky that I'm no earthly good. I'm not so head in the sky that I can't say we're trying to do everything we can find out to do. We got to the Cancer Institute and we've been on a wonderful diet of juicing. We've done all kinds of things. Just if somebody said it, we added it to the mix, but we had a program. And the program literally caused his immune system to be incredibly strong. They were amazed at him. The doctors and the nutritionists and the naturopath all said, I wish all of our patients would come in here like you. His body has been uh, strong. He doesn't have the chemicals in his body from what caused his cancer. He's, he's free of all of those things. So he has an immune system. That's why, I don't know if you've noticed, but the whole cold season, flu season, he was free of it because his immune system's strong. 
but it's got to be strong to fight the cancer. But then they said, and it's not something we wanted to do, but now he's ready for chemo, only this is a chemo that will go specifically for the cancer cells. But there's a change in diet. Now, if you have a dichotomy that's only one way, you cannot change. And this is a huge change for us. But they began to talk to us about the ketose diet. And they said the ketose diet, and you know, I, I'm just telling you, we're trusting in all your ways, acknowledge him, and we're, we're moving in his path, trusting him. And they said with his diet, that if you go to and get ketose, which means that your fat, uh, you burn your fat instead of you burning sugars, and you don't put sugars in your body, any. You're, you're low, low, low sugars. It's low carb, but it's way beyond that. It's low sugars, high fat. You eat a lot of high fat foods. And so saying all that, it starves the cancer cells. But they, it, they also said, and there's all kinds of studies, it helps you get through chemo faster with the less side, side effects. And if the, if the cell is already weakened because it hasn't been having any sugars, then the chemo can be very, very effective. Now, is our hope in chemo? Was it ever in a diet? Never. Was it in this diet now? No. But Martha had to make a meal or they wouldn't have ate. You need both. We need the dichotomy of who we all are. And yeah, it's a switch. Because now he's eating all kinds of meat. It's got to be organic and pure and he needs to eat fat. And I mean, it's, it's a switch for us. But it's a good switch because where he's at, it's the right time. And God's leading. And that's where we're at. Saying all that, this word dichotomy is something I'm asking God to enlarge in me. I want to embrace the whole diamond. I want to embrace all the body of Christ. I want to embrace the wholeness of what he's doing. And I want to be able to have the ability, if I don't see the way you see, that I have the compassion and grace to at least listen. That we all could be compassionate with grace and at least listen. God is calling us to that, you guys. Who can know the mind of God? Who knows enough to give God advice? I think he doesn't know how to write the diamond. How great are God's riches, his love and goodness and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions in his ways. For everything comes from him. This is why it's all got to be him. And exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. We're on your glory train. So I was sitting there that morning, and I had yielded, and I was just quiet, and I was like, it's the grain of wheat falling into the ground. Okay, all for your glory again. Whatever, whatever you want, Lord, for Ron and I, all for your glory. And I just heard the Lord say, you're on the glory train. And I kept seeing angels in our room, and I saw an angel with Ron sit, laying over, um, on the sitting over on the bed by him, and, and I was seeing mine. And he said, "You're on on a glory train." And Ron woke up, and and he said, "I've just been hearing, whatever happens, it's all for your glory, Lord. It's all for your glory." And I said, "Ron, we're on the glory train." 
I said, we can't do anything about it, but sit there and rest in his glory and move. Move with him. Anyway, so been re- listening um, to this uh, podcast or book by a guy that sees angels and saw them from the time he was little, and often our kids do. But he paid attention, and he went to Bethel, and so he's got a book out, and we're going to work on that in our school of ministry. But I realized, for me, and I know it sounds crazy, but I've always seen angels. I can tell you where they're at in the room. I just always had a knowledge of them and do I see them you know and he was describing his well he sees them somewhat superimposed I see them because I know they're there and I can see them that way I don't see them like that but he said everyone sees differently and often when we're praying and worshiping people will see things well I saw uh, the angels bringing things in well I'd been asking the Lord lately because I'd had this vision or I saw the angels Ron and I were in the room it was after uh, he had had surgery and he was sleeping and the angel was sitting by him on the bed and the angel had his hand on him like this and he was just sitting there so peaceful the angel was just smiling and peaceful and just like he was resting and he had joy as he and I thought angel do you not know what's going on come on you know and he was all full of peace and joy and so he's got his hand on Ron's back as Ron is sleeping and so I said I could see mine and he was standing by me and he was standing I was sitting in a chair and his head was up above the roof and and um my angel was looking around like this, and he was expectant. And he was looking all the way around this, this uh, area that we lived in. And I thought, why, why are you watching, angel? What are you watching for? You know, and you got to understand something about this cancer institute. It's, there's seven of them, but the one, this is in Zion, Illinois. Zion, Illinois was sta- started by Alexander Dowie. Alexander Dow- Dowie started a healing movement in the United States. Al- Alexander Dowie started a healing home there. It was one of the first in the whole United States. He's the one that started the city of Zion. And anyway... And John G. Lake came to visit Alexander Dowie, and he was healed. And from that point on, John G. Lake's ministry was birthed out of that. Dowie's ministry and the healing ministry that happened over the United States happened through what went on there. Well, we had had a friend, and we knew that because if you've read God's Generals, we knew that was where it was at. And uh, we had a friend that said that they had been there not real long ago just soaking up what was given in that area. So I'm sitting there, and the angel's standing, and all of a sudden I saw the angel, the angels. They were coming in, and they had buckets, and they began to pour on Ron, and they were pouring on me, and there were gifts of healings and signs and wonders. They were miracles, and they were pouring on, on us, and I felt it was the church. And I saw that this morning as you all were standing, they were pouring them on. You guys, we need to open up our hearts and move forward in what he's doing. But they were pouring it out on us. And so this is a confirmation that happens. So I'm seeing all that, and I'm just thinking about all that. And Ron wakes up, and I ask how he's doing, and he said he's feeling a little bit better. I had laid hands on him in the night because he's had lymph nodes that had been pressing against his kidney and causing pain. 
and besides the surgery pain. And so I just all night had my hand on his back praying for him. And he said from that point on, he's not had any pain. And so I'm going, okay, then show us a sign. Let all the lymph nodes up here be gone. Let that be a sign to me that I'm going to go look him over again. I think something's happened. Uh, you know, I'm, let me, because the pain gone is a wonderful thing. But we need outward signs so that we can say things. But saying all that, um, you need to come up and tell this part. I said, I saw your angel this morning, you know, and I was just telling him about it. And he said he was dreaming, and this is what he dreamed while that angel had his hand on his back. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I, I, I dreamed we were in our upstairs bedroom in our house, and I got up and was opening the uh, uh, window. And as I opened it, there was like half the sky was clouds were starting to depart, and it was a little bit of blue sky. There was a huge rainbow out there, and I turned around to her and I said, Oh, my gosh, God just put his rainbow of promise over our lives. And, uh, and, and so I turned around and told her that, and, and it was just like God has just given a confirming sign. I mean, I'm, she's hearing about the glory, and I'm seeing his promise of his glory over our lives, you know, and so that was cool. And then he said his back didn't hurt anymore, and that was cool. So thank you, Jesus. So what I want to say to you all, beloved, beloved friends, thank you for the money. Thank you for just being you. Thank you for the dichotomy here. And the harvest is coming. I'm so excited. I listened to all the... Um, School of Ministry wrote songs, prophetic songs for the season, and you're going to get to see them and stuff. But I just cried because God is pouring out. And we're walking in faith day by day, and we're human. Anybody here not human? Come touch me. <laughs> if you're an angel, come touch me. <laughs> I don't want the other kind. <laughs> but we're walking this, and I want to thank you all. And I pray that you are strengthened. But I'm going to tell you the word of the Lord to us. In every situation, do you trust me? He's good. And he's always brought goodness in our lives. We, I, I named some things that were hard, but... I could name a thousand good things. All of you here are good things in our lives. He's good. So let's stand. Lord, I just uh, bow humbly before you. Lord, I just say you're more than enough. We praise you. We trust you. God, pour out your spirit on all your children. Set us free to know who we are in you, to be who we are, to be it with no apology, 
when we have nothing as a church to apologize for, we're just who we are. And God, no other church needs to apologize to us. God, let us love. Lord, I pray for a fullness and new revelation eyesight to embrace dichotomies in the word of God and in your people. You change not. Your word doesn't change. So we need to see it through you. Lord, I've seen people change scripture because they wanted to. That's not what I'm talking about. God, it's yes and amen. But I want to embrace all of you and see through your eyes who can know the mind of the Lord. We ask for his mind. And Lord, we all together corporately have the mind of Christ. It's a corporate work of unity. So thank you for the mind of Christ to embrace your love and your dichotomies. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message.